Hey, you Mavericks, thanks for joining us today. I'm very, very happy to be here with Laura Wilkerson, who is a nurse practitioner who was going to be joining us this week at our live Mavericks Summit, which we have rescheduled. Welcome, Laura. Yes, good morning, and thank you for having me this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're very excited to be speaking with you about all of this around COVID-19. But first, let me give our audience a little uh, information. My chief, in, uh, chief curiosity, uh, Maverick Francis Lagasse, is actually in a car and unable to join us today because he had been traveling with his family and they are practicing social distancing by driving home from Florida. So he's probably listening to this in the car, um, hopefully not driving at the same time. And we are practicing social distancing by doing all of this over live stream. We're not in the same location and our producer is in his studio in a different location. Um, and I really just wanna point that out because I think one of the things we're really gonna be talking about is how do we protect our aging parents during this time? So Laura, can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are? You own several businesses and, and have owned others in the past around our aging population. Give our audience a, a picture of who you are. Yes, so good morning, everyone. My name is Laura Wilkerson and I am a nurse practitioner. I have a practice here in Michigan where we do house calls to those who are aged and can no longer get out of their home. So we actually provide medical care, doctor to your door, nurse practitioner to your door, um, here in Michigan to private homes, assisted living, senior housing. So, so that is my so that is my main thing that I do. Um, I have a bunch of wonderful providers who work for me and a great back office staff. A shout out to them because they have been handling a lot of calls this week, obviously. Yeah. And then I also have a, a business called Dementia Care Academy, where I go into senior living facilities. I help them educate their staff about dementia and how to provide the best care for those who have dementia and get them, you know, um, up to date with the new guidelines on how to care for people and trying to take away that one size fits all approach. And then I have some business partners that I work with and we help consult with people who are wanting to get senior living um, facilities up and they just don't really know what to do. And I've previously owned an assisted living facility in my past. So I can feel the pain of what everybody is going through right now and what they must be thinking and what they're doing at this time. Yeah, so you've really played almost every role in, in the aging population. And I applaud you for that. I think I know you and I know that you're, you have such a generous heart for this population. So let's dive into that. And I want to ask our audience, if you have questions, please post them in the comments. Let us know throughout this episode um, because we can answer them live here. And even afterwards, we'll, we'll answer questions that you may post. So definitely uh, let us know. But I think one of the most pressing questions for most of us who are family members is how can we protect our vulnerable aging population right now? Absolutely, that's a great question. So if you're living with your loved one and they, you know, in your own home, definitely, I mean, the CDC recommends right off, the first thing is good hand washing. I mean, you cannot wash your hands enough. 
protect your loved ones. If you are homebound with your loved one, obviously, um, and not going out into the community, um, you know, you're relatively safe if you don't have too many visitors coming, coming into your home. But if you are still working, if you're in that sandwich generation and you're still working, obviously practicing those social distance guidelines, and that means six feet away six feet away from, from people. And that's a little bit hard, obviously, when you're working in, in tighter conditions, like cubicle conditions, but keeping your, your distance away from people, keeping hand sanitizer if you can find it. Um, you yeah. know, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> keeping a, a bottle of that at your desk or making your own, you know, you can buy um, aloe vera lotion and you can use rubbing alcohol, mix the two of those together and, and make your own if you can find those two products. Um, keeping a box of Kleenex on your desk. And when you cough or sneeze, coughing and sneezing into those and putting that right into your trash. Don't put it in your pocket. Don't put it up your, you know, up your sleeve. If you see your mom carrying Kleenex up her sleeve, throw them away. I mean, how many times have you done that? Looked up their sleeves and there's like 82 Kleenex you know, into their sleeve. But just making sure that, you know, you're practicing really good hand washing and really good guidelines that way is probably the best way we can protect our, our agent. If you have teenagers that are still in school, if they're running a fever or have a cough or, you know, I mean, we're not, obviously we're all very concerned about COVID, but there's other things that your, your children and yourself can carry. Influenza, you know, strep throat, common cold. So, so protecting our loved ones that way um, from any, sort of conditions. We should have been practicing these guidelines all along. I think that's maybe a really important thing is this should this should have been the norm. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe it will become more of the norm now. And I, I have a question I want to go back to. You mentioned aloe vera and rubbing alcohol. I was actually Googling because we cannot find the um, even soap is completely out. Unfortunately, we have enough of a supply at home. But one thing I will say is we always look for the liquid soap. There's plenty of bar soap. <laughs> Use the bar soap if you can't find the liquid soap. I noticed that people are buying all the liquid soap. But I was Googling for homemade options if you can't find the antibacterial gels for your hands. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find anything that said rubbing alcohol would kill the germs. Is there anything you can speak to that? Well, for sure. But they've said that anything that's like 97% alcohol, you know, if you're going to be cleaning a surface. So if you think about rubbing alcohol, obviously that's a little bit more than 97%. So I think you're pretty safe in, in using something like that. You wouldn't want to use it on your hands. It's fairly caustic and drying or on, on aged skin. You're not going to want to use that because it's very drying. It's the same thing that's, you know, outside in the pumps. If you're, if you're going into the hospital, it's that same kind of foamy soap. So so you're not gonna wanna use, and, and same like you were saying, foamy soap is not an option. So those nice little like Bath and Body Works foam soaps that you get that you put in your house, you know, in your, in your um, bathrooms, use the liquid soap, the liquid hand soaps. Those are really the best, making okay. sure that you're getting your hands good and scrubbed at least 20 seconds to to wash your hands. I know I posted an article earlier this week or some little tips earlier this week. The COVID virus is surrounded by a lipid layer. 
um, a fat layer. So meaning if you've got soap on your hands and you're aggressively rubbing your hands together and then putting them under the water, the, the, the COVID-19 is going to break open, that molecule is going to break open and then therefore be destroyed and washed down. Then using paper towel, in my house, I do have a couple of regular hand towels around, but I'm going to be removing those and putting paper towel up in my bathrooms. Okay, okay. All right, excellent. Those are really good points. So um, let's let's say as a family member, you have a loved one in assisted living right now or uh, memory care or skilled nursing, and obviously they're all on lockdown right now, which is absolutely appropriate. How do we feel connected to them during this time? What do we do? Yeah, that's that's becoming difficult, right? So um, if your facility has chosen to, to lock down, and I know like here in Michigan, our governor has mandated that even some of the hospitals are closing their doors to family members. Um, I do believe wow. from, what I've, from what I've read, you do have 30 minutes of entitled time. Now, that's not true with every assisted living, but if your family member is in an assisted living, if they're capable, if they're able, if they have a cell phone, certainly FaceTiming them or having one of the staff there help them FaceTime you is one way to definitely communicate with them. And phone calls, obviously, are another are another good way. You know, um, not only from ourselves am I a little bit fearful or th or thoughtful. I guess I shouldn't say fearful because I'm not I'm not fearful. I'm thoughtful. Um, thoughtful of these seniors is social isolation as we as we become more and more protective of our environments that we're living in or that we have the age of living in, we're going to start to see a little bit more degrees of separation. Right now, you know, people communally eat and dine in the same dining room where we might start seeing them go into their rooms and dinners and lunches being served in their rooms in order to, to protect them, you know, from outside agencies that might have to come in from each other, um, you know, because we just don't know at this point yet. So one of the things that I know I'm going to be doing here at Advanced Medical House Calls is kind of putting it out there for the community to sort of step up and, and help our loved ones um, while they're in social isolation, if you've got the, or while they're in isolation, if they've got the opportunity to send coloring books, or if you've got any extra crocheting material around that you can donate or drop off to help keep people active while they're, while we're going through this, I think that those are really nice things that we can do to step out of our, our own selves and help people that are, are being, you know, I love that. And when you told me about that earlier, I, I said, I really want to hop on that bandwagon and help here in Denver as well. So I'm going to ask our audience, anyone who's from the assisted living or senior living communities, post what do you need? What would be helpful for people to donate? And then um, for family members, I would love to have you all post and tell us what your parents or spouses assisted living is doing? How are they keeping you connected? Um, so given that, and, and uh, I mean, all of this is really hard. I think that's an important thing. I also do want to say I spoke with an assisted living here in Denver just yesterday who said they had a, a family member visit who had been um, diagnosed with COVID-19. 
and it was it was like 14 days ago so they're probably safe but that family member didn't tell them right away so i i beg you family members please don't go visit if you have symptoms if you think you've been exposed in any way shape or form uh it's not safe for your parent it's not safe for the other people who are there um yeah, absolutely. I mean, even taking your temperatures, I see, I've seen a lot of facilities that are taking temperatures in, in door entrances. If you, if you think about, if you think about it, you know, your child, let's just use your child, for example, I'll use mine. My son was sick a couple of, of months ago when he went out skiing and, you know, he came home and he looked great by the, you know, by the time that he got home. Um, and it was actually about a week later, I think, that that I ended up being down and down, heavy down. Um, you know, two days, I don't really remember too much of that. So if you think about that, if you're feeling puny in any way, I don't care if it's just like a little scratch in the back of your throat. Right now, stay home. There's nothing that pressing that you need to be doing. You've put your you've put your loved one in an assisted living for a reason, to allow others to care for them. So let them let them do their part and let them be an extension of your of your immediate family and take care of your person right now during these circumstances. Because the the opposite side of the spectrum, getting your loved one sick, you probably would have a hard time on your heart. That's a very good point you know, thinking about what, what if. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, and, and also to say the other people that would be impacted by that. Yeah, and I like that you said, trust the people that you've hired. Um, now is the time to really be honestly thinking about the assisted living staff as your care partners. They're there to do a job, they're trained, they know what they're doing, they have protocols in place. And I think that that is um, one of the most important things that we can do is trust them. Um, so our last question here, uh, what do we do if there's someone with a confirmed case in our community? Sure, and you know, the guidelines on that are changing. It almost seems like hour by hour right now. So, so if you have somebody that calls you and said that that they were that they had tested and that they had tested positive and they are exposed if you are a primary contact meaning you had direct contact with that person you should probably yourself go be tested say you were in contact with the person and self and self isolate which i know that's kind of contradictory i've, I've just told you to go get tested but then self isolate so, so you should probably go get tested and then and then self-isolate. If you're a secondary or tertiary person to that person, right now they're saying that you're okay, but should probably put yourself in isolation for a few a few days. If you are a person that that got tested, you should not be going and visiting your loved one. I'm just gonna I'm I'm going to say it. That's a little bit I think selfish on our part to do that because they are community dwellers and that's not just going to spread to your loved one as you might cough as you walk by the food service area or touch a door handle after you've coughed and not thought about it. Um, so so stay stay home. Yeah. Um, as the guidelines change, you know, if a if a whole facility gets it here in Michigan, we don't have that. 
but but if somebody comes to if it comes to the point where we've got facilities pool facilities that that have contracted COVID-19 I'm sure that the guidelines will change I don't know what what will be the recommendations for the for the staffing at that point but I'm assuming it would be very much like a lockdown unit at that point yeah, and I was talking with a friend of mine in Spain this morning who said that their uh, their elderly living communities are on lock government lockdown for one to five months. So we hope that we don't get to that point. And we what we want to do with the Mavericks is talk about the things that you can do and also create hope. So when I think about how we create hope here, I think the best way we create hope is to honor the social distancing, wash your hands like crazy, keep doing all of the things the CDC is, is requesting that we do. It really does make a difference. Um, and I will also say that for senior living communities, I am offering, I, I have a software that is a HIPAA compliant messaging app for senior living communities to communicate yeah. with family. And I'm offering that for free during this time because it's the right thing to do. So get in touch with me, the links will be in the comments. Um, my goal is to help families feel connected to the care that their loved one is receiving. I know that I have one uh, customer who just had a new patient come from the hospital to their assisted living and the family is like, I can't see them. I couldn't see them in the hospital. I can't see them now. This transition is hard and we want to help make that a little bit easier for family members. Yeah, I think you I think you brought up another really good point and I did want to touch on this. Most assisted livings have transfer packet forms. Um, you know, in in general, if a patient goes to the hospital, they go to the chart and they grab out this paperwork. Um, just this is an opportunity. This is a time where where that paperwork should be gone through. Making sure that med lists are very up to date. Um, so if your patient, if your resident is transferred out to the hospital, that their med lists are very current. Giving any information about me, um, I haven't ran this course again for, for a minute, but I do have a course that I run with Dementia Care Academy and it's the Make a Plan About Me. And it basically tells the story of your loved one and it's documents um, so that you can give your, your loved one story. Um, the more that the hospitals know about our person and our residents, the better off that they are. So creating forms and checklists, you know, can my person swallow? Can this person eat a regular diet? Providing all of that information to the hospital is, is vital and crucial. So making sure you've got those documents ahead of time is really important. That's really, really great. And if they don't have those documents, Laura, do you have a suggestion for where they could find some? For sure, I'm working on these as we speak, you know, making some adjustments and making some some changes. So as I get these forms updated, I will, you know, post those on my website. So I will make sure to follow up later and drop my, my website, my web address inside of there. And in the meantime, I'll offer suggestions about what you should be including on those forms. That's fantastic. And I will say uh, to all you Mavericks, a couple things to be thinking about. How can you support our assisted living communities during this time with donations and things like that? 
Um, and also necessity is the mother of invention. You guys are mavericks. So let's start thinking really creatively about how we can create hope during this time. And we will all get through this. We will, we will get through this. Um, Laura, any, any last words you want to say to our audience? Nope, just keep washing your hands. If you're a healthcare provider that's going in and out, if you're a hospice worker, a skilled nurse, a social worker, physical therapist, just have your emergency, um, you know, PPE, personal protective equipment with you. Um, you are a risk. Make sure you're washing your, your equipment, your stethoscopes, your blood pressure cuffs, and just make sure that you are doing your best to protect everybody that you come in contact with yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. Your website is posted here on, on the screen as well as it will be in the notes. So if anyone has questions for Laura, check out her website. And as always, please uh, check our comments, make comments, ask questions, whether it's after the fact of this live episode or not. We will do our very best to get answers for you. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Take care.